When I trained for my first half marathon in my 20s, I just went out and ran. I didn't have a watch or any idea what I was doing. I had measured the distance of my route with my car, so I roughly knew where a mile was. Then I would run until it was just too much, stop and turn around and walk back. On my next run, I'd do the same thing, but just try to go a little bit farther. That was my entire training plan. At the time, I worked as a manager of a bed and breakfast in town, and I didn't need to be at work until 11 a.m. each day. So I had plenty of time for my run and all that walking before work. And you know what? It worked. After a summer of running and walking, I finished a half marathon in the fall. It was tough, and I had to walk parts of it, but I did it. The strategy of just going out for a run at the same pace will make you a better runner when you're just starting out. Actually, any kind of running makes you a better runner at the beginning, especially if you're walking too. But if you want to go beyond, or you're at the point where you've just stopped getting better, one speed alone isn't going to do the trick. It's kind of like being the only kid in the neighborhood still riding a banana seat bicycle when everyone else has a 10-speed. Welcome to The Planet Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. Today's episode is all about the gray zone. The gray zone is the medium effort running that many runners, especially beginner runners, find themselves in when left to their own devices. It's too fast to be easy, but not really fast enough to be all that challenging either. It can feel like a real run since you're definitely not jogging, but it can also sabotage your training and your improvement. I'll go over a better way to structure your training for better results. Then I'll let you know when it's actually a great idea to stay in the gray. This is the point where most podcasts put their first ad. I'm planning on keeping this show ad-free for as long as possible to see if this model can work. You can support the show for free by subscribing, rating, reviewing, following, and downloading wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to go to the next level and keep this show listener supported, I have a donation option at theplantedrunner.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for supporting this work. Just like there's no such thing as a bad color, there's no such thing as a bad pace in running. All paces, slow, medium, fast, and everything in between can be used throughout your training for specific purposes to make you a better runner. Running in the gray or middle zone isn't inherently a bad thing. It's the dose that matters. In order to really explain why running in the gray zone isn't a great idea most of the time, We'll first need to explore why easy, slow, aerobic running is so important to endurance. There are four big reasons that easy running should make up the bulk of your training. Number one, slower running builds the aerobic system most effectively. In order to exercise, your body needs to break down carbohydrate and convert it to glycogen so it can be used as energy or fuel. With enough oxygen, your body will use the aerobic system, also known as aerobic glycolysis, to create energy or ATP to power endurance running. When you breathe in, if you are going slow enough, the body efficiently uses all the oxygen it needs to power the muscles and then you exhale. 
As you continue to run aerobically over time, your body gets better and better at using oxygen to make energy, which allows you to run faster when you want to. And the reason having a great aerobic system is critical is because 85 to 99% of the energy needed to race any distance longer than the 800 meters comes from the aerobic system. There's simply no better way to train the aerobic system than easy running. Number two, another major effect of aerobic running is capillary and mitochondria development. Capillaries are tiny blood vessels and they help bring oxygen and nutrients to the muscle tissues while taking waste products out. The more capillaries you have surrounding each muscle fiber, the faster you can transport oxygen and carbohydrate into your muscles and the faster you can run. Aerobic training by running easy increases the number of capillaries per muscle fiber. This means your muscles get more oxygen and nutrients while waste products are removed faster. With more oxygen and less waste, you can run faster. Mitochondria are microscopic organelles found in your muscle cells that contribute to the production of ATP or energy. The job of mitochondria is to break down carbohydrates, fats, and proteins into usable energy if there's enough oxygen around. The more mitochondria you have and the greater the density, the more energy you can generate during exercise and the faster and farther you can run. Aerobic training increases both the number and the size of the mitochondria in your muscle fibers. When you're running in the gray zone, however, these beneficial adaptations start to break down. It's logical to assume that running faster allows all these processes to happen faster, but that's just not the case. At a certain point, they're actually inhibited while your injury risk starts to rise. Let's look at why. Scientific research has shown that peak capillary development and maximum mitochondrial development happens between 60 and 75% of your 5K pace, and then they decline. I'll do some back of the napkin math for you. For a 20 minute 5K runner, that's somewhere around 945 per mile pace. For a 30 minute 5K runner, that's more like 12 to 13 minute pace. That is going to feel very slow if you're not used to it. While the science is absolutely clear that running faster isn't going to develop your aerobic system more rapidly, many runners wonder, what's the harm in running faster on those days that you feel good? Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Sheree Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures. Well, that brings us to reason number three. The problem with running faster than a truly easy pace on your easy days is that faster running adds more stress on the muscles, tendons, ligaments, and bones. Some stress is good because it produces good adaptations, but too much stress, too often, with too little recovery from rest days and truly easy days, doesn't build you, it breaks you. I get it, on days when you're feeling fresh, it's fun to go faster. But if your hips aren't strong enough yet to handle the pace or the extra days of faster running, it wouldn't be surprising if your IT band becomes inflamed or your hamstring gets angry. Even if your breathing is fine, you could be setting yourself for injury. 
It could be an acute injury that stops you on the side of the road, or more common, the daily, weekly, monthly accumulation of stress without enough rest leads to overuse injuries. Which leads us to reason number four. Easy running can help you recover from your hard workouts while running in the gray zone won't. With adequate recovery, you can run your speed days faster, which means you're getting higher quality training more often. This is because running at speed, even a medium effort, causes micro tears in your muscles. The faster you go, the more forceful the contractions are and the more damage done. These micro tears cause muscle soreness and make training the day after a hard workout extra hard. The body heals these small micro tears through the circulatory system, delivering oxygen and nutrients to the muscles that need repair. When you run easy, oxygen and nutrients are delivered directly to the muscles during running. That's why an easy run might be even more beneficial than a complete rest day. If you run easy enough, the stress and micro tears that result from running are virtually non-existent. In other words, you don't need a recovery day from your recovery run. On the other end of the speed spectrum is fast running, which includes sprinting, short intervals, and tempo runs. The shorter the distance, the faster you can go, of course. But we know the faster you go, the harder it is, both during and after the workout. If you want to become a faster runner, you have to run fast. But because fast running is so powerful, you have to use it sparingly. Most running experts say to limit your fast running to no more than 20% of your running. High-end speed develops energy systems that easy and gray zone running simply can't do. It also teaches your body and your brain what it takes to run fast. Think about it. To run as fast as you can, you have to use your best form and biomechanics. Not to mention your neuromuscular connections will be set to rapid fire mode. But I'm not saying you should spend 20% of your time at the track doing lung-busting repeats. You'll want a mix of higher-end efforts, which will vary depending on your goals and where you are in your training. And part of the 20% can and should include the gray zone. But again, dosage is important. If you are running at only a medium effort and you're thinking that you've checked the box on speed, you haven't. Now let's look at some times when running in the gray zone is a great idea for your training. But before I do, I wanna make something clear. When we talk about effort and pacing, it's completely dependent on distance. Marathon pace should feel relatively easy for a mile, but it will feel like an all out sprint at mile 25. Effort goes up with distance. So when I attach a pace to an effort to try to illustrate an example, Always factor in the distance to be run. Okay, back to the gray zone. One example of a good gray zone run is the steady run. It's a classic run that is solidly in the gray zone and depending on the distance, it usually ends up within 30 seconds per mile of your marathon pace. I like to use the steady run the day before a long run about every other week in marathon training. It's short enough that it's not terribly hard, but it's just enough to fatigue your legs and make the long run the next day even harder. When you make the long run a little harder without actually making the long run longer, you get a more effective long run without the risk of negative consequences. The fact that marathon coaches all across the world use a medium effort run on purpose to fatigue your legs should be a message loud and clear. 
medium effort running fatigues your legs, even if it doesn't feel all that hard during the run. It's not giving you the benefits that easy running does and makes all your running harder. If that's the goal, great. But if not, slow running is a better choice. The next time where a good medium effort run is called for is when it lines up with race pace. In marathon training, for example, your goal pace will not feel like an easy effort or maybe not even a medium effort at the beginning of your training cycle. But as you get fitter, it will start to be in the gray zone, at certain distances, of course. The closer you get to race day, the more often you'll want to practice your goal pace, even though it's in the gray zone most of the time. Another place to use a gray zone run is when you're specifically using it to train stamina. I define stamina as speed plus endurance, and a medium length, medium effort run can boost your stamina and get you used to holding higher paces for a bit longer than you're used to. This gray zone run can be used with beginner or intermediate runners who are just getting into longer speed workouts and might not be up for a more challenging tempo run. It could also be used when you're a few weeks back from injury, or it could be an additional run for a very advanced runner who is seven or 10 runs a week or more and feels that one medium effort run better balances out the hard and easy running they do. But the key to running in the gray zone in all of these examples is that it's done with intention. You are purposely running a medium effort to achieve something specific. You're not just running this pace because it feels good or like you're really running or because you don't really feel like the other speeds today. It's simply one dish in a seven course meal or one gear on your 10 speed bike. I'd like to thank Nick T on Instagram who reached out to me with this topic suggestion. If you have a topic you'd like featured on a future episode, be sure and let me know. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is cognitive diffusion. The human brain is wired to produce negative thoughts and they only get louder under stress, like running hard. These thoughts such as, I'm so slow, this is hard, or I should just quit right now, become fused with ourselves until they're nearly impossible to ignore. But if you can diffuse them, you can separate them as just thoughts. One way to do that is to sing them, either out loud or in your head. They instantly turn into silly song lyrics instead of self-destruction. I'm so slow, this is hard, I should just quit right now. Doesn't quite have the same power, does it? Try it yourself next time you get negative. Thank you so much for listening to the Planted Runner podcast. I plan to keep these episodes ad-free for as long as I can, and I can only do that with your help. Please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and let the world know what you think. This small act of kindness makes a huge impact, especially as the show is starting and gaining traction. If you get value from my work and want to keep this show listener supported, I have a donation option on theplantedrunner.com slash podcast. Any amount you can offer helps keep this show running. Pun intended. There is no hood like parenthood. 
When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you.